Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because I have a hard time sleeping at night. So what is the stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps support better sleep quality and recovery. It's one thing you can do every single day and costs you less than $3 a day. So it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that is athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now here's the best Stay Tuned Sports Podcast. And hello, Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. True good friend Jimbo here, back after a, I guess, quiet weekend. Uh, nothing too too special. Uh, had some UFC fights on watching. Was going to try to do a live show, but just wasn't feeling it this week. But... Um, before we get into the show, head over to staytunesports.net so you can follow all of our social media accounts, which is on the right-hand side there, and a little bit of updated um, website as well. Uh, got some, the iRacing uh, leagues that we're involved with, as well as new logos. And speaking of the logos, I uh, want to introduce our guest today, King. How you doing, buddy? Hey, what's up, brother? How you been? Pretty good, pretty good. Um First off, just want to thank you for updating the, the logo there. Hell of a lot better looking than uh, what we had the past couple of years. Serve, I would purpose, say but. <laughs> that. I would not say that. I, I Well, to be fair, I made the other logo too. But <laughs> uh, so don't do, so don't say that. First of all, oh, oh, this is a hell of a lot better than the other one. Well, I made that one too, so you're kind of insulting me on that one well, as well. I mean, you took mine and mine was like a C, I would say, and you made it an A plus. Uh, but that one, yeah, that because that one was kind of an amalgamation of the logo before that. Then uh, could, here's the thing: uh, stay tuned, sports. Uh, uh, this this wonderful project you've had going on now for I think it's about six years now. For uh, in those six years, I think it's had about seven different logos <laughs> for it. Uh, and I just remember you and me having a conversation about it and just being like, I think what we need is. Uh, something that th- th- this podcast hasn't had, and that's brand kind of unity as far as that goes. So just kind of making sure that everything looks like it belongs together. Because there are some times where you look at some things and it was like, it was this logo, but then it was also the past logo, and it was another logo beyond that. And it's like, maybe we just need to refresh everything. Just make everything yeah. nice and neat and branded. Uh, and I certainly hope that I've been able to do that there uh, uh, with this with this new set there for you. So I certainly hope you like it. I certainly hope all the listeners like it as well. Uh, you know, because that's really the key thing. Listen, as much as I may like it or you may like it, you got to hope that the people like it. Yeah. 
You and, know, and as with anything. I mean, me personally, there was a couple. Uh, well, the one I, I definitely because I you made like three different versions, like you said. Um, but the one is definitely a a logo that I could put on one of my uh, i racing trucks or i racing cars, and some you know some the, the main logo is going to look really nice on a hoodie. I think so. I think that's going to look really good on a hoodie. I'd eventually like. See, here's the thing. When I made it, one of the things that was in my head was like, will this look good on a hockey jersey? Or like, you know, or like you said, like a hoodie. Yeah. Or or a t-shirt or something like that. Something that you would wear. And after doing that, I was like, I think that would look great. I think that would look, you know, particularly good. And I kind of wanted to also mix a couple elements. I wanted to mix kind of a bit of the, again, it kind of looks like a, a bit of a hockey crest hockey logo. It kind of has a baseball kind of script to it uh you know it has a little bit almost of a like you said almost like a little bit of a racing element too with some of the stuff that that i did with it i and i cut i kind of wanted to meld a lot of the stuff because again this is stay tuned sports you got you know you talk about all sports yeah. you know everything that's out there so i kind of wanted to meld all that together a little bit of football a little bit of baseball a little bit of hockey a little bit of racing a little bit you know, uh, hey, listen, one day it might be on a UFC mat. I don't know. I think it would look <laughs> that, good there, just personally. That would be so. that would be awesome to see that in the middle of the octagon and Joe Rogan saying he's hurt when he just tripped over a, a yeah, Lego or something. <laughs> Joe, Joe gets over there trying to interview somebody who just got concussed into the fourth dimension. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you just got knocked out by another guy. How do you feel after that? I, I will never forget that interview. I, I don't know if you've seen it. It was uh, uh, Alistair Overeem and dude was talking about like chips and salsa or whatever and Joe Rogan's over here talking about hot dogs like nothing even close to <laughs> what happened <laughs> I mean don't get me wrong I, I love Joe Rogan as a commentator you, you definitely need someone who knows the sport who knows you know the different styles Joe is an MMM, MMA guy through and through he yeah. is no matter what you want to say about him or in any other aspect or whatever Joe is an MMA guy yeah and definitely a guy I would not fuck with. <laughs> oh no, absolutely not. No. You ever see the videos of him doing leg kicks? Oh yeah. Well, oh, that's it. He's apparently I didn't know. Like uh, uh, in watching uh, a couple of his of his podcasts, the thing I didn't know is like he's been into MMA combat sports for like thirty years now since yeah. he was like a, a, a late teen, early twenties. You know, like when he was still doing like uh, uh, Fear Factor and stuff. Like uh, yeah. he was still doing all that stuff so he never gave that up and you could tell he's still jacked as oh, hell God, you yeah. know eating his elk meat and whatever the <laughs> hell else he does and, and you know uh, the, the story of he's the one supposedly like when UFC was pretty much dead and and you know it was considered chicken fighting and all that he right. was the one that went to Dana White and the Ferrari bro brothers and said hey I think you guys should buy this company this may be the next sport so he already had that background and I think that's what helped him realize this sport has a potential to be a moneymaker. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it has been. And you know, to, seeing where you're... See, I remember as as a very young teenager, I remember the first UFCs as being like the videotapes that you could get at like Blockbuster. Yeah, the VHSs. Like at my Blockbuster, there was like a downstairs part of the Blockbuster. You can go find some other stuff there and like obscure videos and stuff like that. And that's yeah. where it was. 
and like I remember like seeing those tapes. I never watched. Like I was, I was never an MMA guy. That's just me. I'm still not an MMA guy, but I remember seeing them. I remember seeing the old logo with the big guy with a two fist <laughs> Ultimate Fighting Championships. Yeah, and the big. I mean, listen. If you think like the UFC belts are obnoxious now or look like toys, man, those first UFC belts, the Ultimate Fighting Championship belts, were of. Oh, pardon me. They were no. obnoxious. If they slip, it slips. <laughs> All right. Yes, I know. I want to make sure. I want to because I do. I do. Uh, you know, I have a Jersey mouth. <laughs> I was uh, going to say you do have the worst mouth I've ever heard in my life. I I've been told that several <laughs> times in my life. <laughs> but they were they were obnoxious looking belts. I do remember that. Uh, so just seeing where it's come from, from there, where it was, no weight class know anything like that you know you'd have a you know a 400 pound guy fighting you know hoist gracie yeah or something like that like it was crazy to to be that kind of where it actually was that kind of like like a like a like a cock fight like a dog fight yeah you know it's just kind of like throw them in there see what happens uh to see where it is now as an absolute legitimate combat sport that is outperforming boxing almost across the board now, which is still incredible to think of how far boxing has fallen compared to UFC or, or combat sports in general. Uh, you really do have to give it up to to Joe Rogan uh, and to Dana White. As much as people want to get into it with him about what he pays the fighters and the fighter pay and fighters unions and all that stuff, and I understand that that point as well. That's a that's a whole other complete different topic. Yeah, but but seeing what they've done. With the growth of that sport, uh, is 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 really incredible. So, and you know, it's kind of funny you, you brought up about how there's been a union push for probably a good five, seven years now. Um, I really thought by this point there there would have been a union put in place, especially now. I don't know if you saw. Uh, I think it was about a month ago. Um, Dana White giving a YouTuber. You know, one of the famous celebrity YouTubers, whatever, a birthday gift of two hundred fifty thousand dollars, when his even his main event fighters only make, well, now I say only, but make about a hundred thousand. Right, yeah. and I did see, I saw him uh, talk about this on the Pat McAfee show because uh, it was brought up, and he and he kind of went off, and he was just like, that would you know, that was my personal money. That I gave to somebody. That's not like I went to the UFC vault, stole the money from the fighters, and gave it to this uh, uh, UFC, uh, this, this YouTube somebody. Yeah. You know, like that's not what happened. But people see it as, you know, it's it's the optics of it of seeing you know exactly. him give money, whether it's his personal money or not, which apparently it was. Uh, but giving his personal, like giving somebody two hundred and fifty grand. When you know your 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 fighters outside of the the real top earners don't make anywhere close to that, yeah. Um, but here, but th then you get into the balance of it. Okay, fine. There's a union. Uh, they're gonna fight to get more uh, more cuts, bigger cuts, uh, more money. Which is listen. I think uh, no, no matter what you do, you should fight to get the most you can for what you do or for what you earn. Exactly. Um, you know, but then it then it gets into cuts into the business side. Well, okay, so they'll do that if they fight for it, if they get more money, if they get a bigger cut, then what gets cut because of it? Are there less fighters? Is it 
less shows is it uh you know do they cut back on the ultimate fighter do they do you know you know you know you never know what yeah. the consequences of things happened are so at the end of the day uh i think that's 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 an aspect that you have to look for too you can't just say we'll just pay everybody more and then like okay yeah but where is that money coming from so i think that has to be worked out too it's not it's never as simple as everybody wants it to be yeah uh as easy as it would make life to be that way uh, I think the fighters absolutely do deserve more money. Listen, if I'm getting my head caved in, I want a significant payday. Well, yeah, that's just the that, that that's the be all end all of it. If I'm gonna do that, if I'm putting my body on the line uh, for your entertainment and my safety and my health, uh, I I want as big of a cut of that as possible. Uh, and then it's just a question of you know who gets what who gets uh the, the percentages of a what cut uh where you are in a card does that determine your percentage things like that like everything like that would have probably have to get worked out yeah in a collective bargaining agreement it'd be a whole big thing so see uh, the, the first thing that uh, if i was a fighter i mean obviously yes money um a pay raise would definitely be nice but first thing would be better health care health insurance however you want to call it most of these fighters, the UFC doesn't pay for the health insurance. They got to pay pay out of their pocket. Well, no, I think that because I think they're they're listed as what independent contracts. Same, yes. it's the same thing like WWE does with their wrestlers. You know, you're not an employee; you're an independent contract. They contract you for that. Now, you also while you're contracted for them, you can't go ahead and go anywhere else or do anything else. So, yeah, it's kind of you know, uh, you're an independent contractor, but not really. You know, so. But that's something that's been worked around and that people have done for for ages. Like, here's the thing. Does the WBC, like, I, I don't know anything about boxing, but it's like, does, does the IBF or WBC, do they pay for the health care of their fighters or are their fighters have to pay for their own out of the purse that they get? Like, I don't know. Now, granted, yeah. boxers and, uh, well, the big name boxers make a lot of money. Well, yeah. Uh, but see, that's the other thing, too, is like, we think about like those small, smaller Friday night light fights, you know? Or you know, a lot of those smaller bouts, those guys aren't making a ton of money. Are do they have the health insurance? Do they get how much of the percentage do they get? How much cut do they get? Yeah, that's true. You know, uh, at the end of the day, like if if you want to look at that, like maybe combat sports in general, uh, boxing, MMA, whatever, needs more uh, people to speak up on on the behalf of the fighters. Of the people performing and to get a, a a better cut of the money or like you just said maybe even if it's not money even if they get a little bit more money but they get health insurance on it like if if ufc is like listen we'll cover the fact that you know this dude just pushed your nose to the back of your skull yeah you know we'll cover that you know maybe that would also help in in the aspect of you know uh compensation and also with pr too it's like listen at the end of the day everything is is pr yeah you know so you're gonna have a lot of things like listen okay fine we're 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 gonna pay our athletes a little bit more also we're gonna cover you know the medical expenses or anything that comes directly from fighting for us and even then it might not be enough for some people and some people will yell about it but it'll be a step in the right direction as far as that goes i think yeah i mean you're, you're never gonna please everybody but try to please as many as you can, you know. 
right and also just do what's right like uh, do what's right by the people that are doing it you yeah. know because like you said like, again they're the ones going in and kind of putting their lives on 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 the the line here while you sit ringside and raking million you know millions of dollars a year you know you should take care of your people and it you know it's it's the thing of uh you know, like with any job, anybody who has a job that, that's something like that, it's like you're going to go for the job that pays you the most and can give you the best and most benefits that you can get compared to, to any other job. You know, and sometimes that might be you take a little less money up front for better benefits packages overall, or sometimes you'll take the money or you'll take a little less benefits or you'll find something that's kind of in the middle or you know whatever but it's it's your decision it's your choice you you try to find what's best for you and i think that's what these fighters should have the ability to do now whether or not the the, the problem is there's really no other entity quite on the level of ufc in yeah. the mma game where other people can go to and say okay well this isn't good I'm going to go jump over here because they give me better benefits or better, more money, whatever. So with that being the case, I could definitely see uh, where you would have to get the UFC to, to pony up that and try to get more of that going. Now, of course, the UFC being a business where, and, and again, I, Dana White is, is he running it? Is he the the, the, the CFO the, or because I know there's more money behind him, right? Like the uh, who 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 owns who runs? So UFC it, it's right not now? the Ferrero brothers anymore. They sold him, uh, uh, I'd say, probably about eight ten years ago, right? Um, to this company in China, this uh, entertainment company in China. So Dana reports to them. So okay. there's only basically one more level above him. So so I think what that would make Dana CEO or. I guess maybe he runs it while well, they have they own it. So yeah, he might be the, the yeah. CEO or the the COO, chief operating officer, whatever the case yeah. is. Uh, funny that an entertainment company from China owns them. Seeing how you know China's communist, you'd figure they'd <laughs> want to take care of their workers. You know, proletariat, <laughs> yeah. rise up. But apparently, uh, no. So uh, so again, that's going to have to be something that gets discussed and gets worked out by everybody um and and we'll see but um i didn't even know where we were going with this yeah, <laughs> we just kind of I mean, trailed <laughs> off here into ufc <laughs> union talk but yeah, um, yeah i was I, only going to use this like as an opener get a get back into you know having a guest on and here we are talking unions and <laughs> health yes, insurance we jumped <laughs> ran right into a communist party of china <laughs> we got all I mean, it's, it's the whole gamut here my goodness <laughs> Uh, but I think that's that's probably and it's going to happen soon. I think you're going to see it too. And Dana's going to dig in his heels, and it's going to be more. But once you get enough fighters to do it, because that's it. I think right now each fighter sees themselves as individuals, and yeah, and haven't quite uh, been able to come together. Once you get more than a handful of fighters together, and it has to be also top flight talent there yeah. as well. Once you get them to kind of band together and say okay you know no more uh that's when you're going to start seeing you know a little bit more probably of a negotiation because right now if somebody just steps up and is like you know i think we should have a union 
It's like, okay, guess what? You're not fighting in the UFC anymore. Bye bye. Exactly. You know, and and that, that was the gone. biggest fear uh, when when the union talk got uh, got started, and it actually did. I, I'm pretty sure it did happen. The one female fighter who publicly went out and was like, "We need to get a union going. We need fighters to to back me here. I'll I'll push it this and that." And a week later, she was out of a job. Now, I mean, right. she's fighting a Bellator, so I mean, she at least has a paycheck coming in, but not making. But again, a much lower paycheck, and again, so the same situation as UFC, only less. Yeah. And so then that's the thing is that other people see that, and then they're like, "Well, then I, I better keep my mouth shut." Exactly. You know it, what it takes is again, it takes basically a union. It takes getting a lot of people together to say at one time, and it also has to be top flight people that you can't lose. Yeah. You know, so. And again, when that happens, if that happens, it'll happen soon. But I don't know. So real quick, before we move on to um, the next topic here, um, Conor McGregor being in Roadhouse. What do you think? Again, that's if it gets made. Like, man, this Roadhouse movie, the, the remake has been in what production hell for? I mean, they, they casted Jake Gyllenhaal. So I mean, it's yeah, but not- they've cast people. They casted Ronda Rousey like eight years ago. Whenever they oh, was shit, another. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, exactly. That's right. So this movie's been in development hell for a long damn time. So again, if it gets made, sure. But the fact that it's been taking this long to get it kind of off the ground to begin with. Uh, and second of all, like, man, don't touch a classic. Yeah, don't touch a classic, that, that's, man. It's that's road my, road that's road my road. biggest thing is, you know, Patrick Swayze set the bar high now, for, you know, to, to to remake this movie here, and it just it's not going to be good. Uh, I'm, listen, we've been surprised by movies before where we thought, oh, this was going to be a big top pilot of dog crap, and it ended up being good. Whether this is that, I don't know. But again. It, until it's actually made, until there's post-production and it's editing and it's, you know, it's ready to go and they have the the marketing for it and you're seeing commercials and trailers for it. Until that happens, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sweat over it. Even then, it's not safe. I mean, look at what happened with Batgirl. Made everything all, almost out the door and not, we're not going to put it out there. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, they, they, they did try to cover it up and saying like, well, we're changing marketing focuses and we're going to go more with theater releases than anything on streaming and blah, 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 blah. Uh, I, I think what happened though at the end of the day is more stuff started leaking out about it is that it was just garbage. Yeah. Like it was so bad. And considering how bad DC has been, for it to be that bad to where the new heads of HBO, Warner Brothers, uh, what, Warner Brother Discovery, I think, is the new yeah. company now. Uh, for them to look at it and say, we can't release this at all. Yeah. Like, and, and, it will never see the light of day. Yeah. Like, it's got to be a level of bad. And they, I think what they kind of want to do, too, that's been coming out, is that they kind of just want to wipe everything clean, start fresh. And do what they should have done 10 years ago, which is kind of follow the Marvel plan of setting up things, doing it movie by movie, being going it real slow. Yeah. That was the problem with DC is that they tried to put out too much too fast. They put out Justice League before there was ever an Aquaman movie yeah. or a Wonder Woman movie or a Flash movie, which that might get flushed too, simply because Ezra Miller is <laughs> he's, he's apparently crazy. one of the greatest villains of, of all time. <laughs> you know, he he's... 
He's supposed to be playing the Flash. He's apparently is real life reverse Flash <laughs> because he is just an evil son of a bitch. I, I seen a, a meme about uh, about him um, with the the new Predator movie that came out on Hulu. I think it was. I do want to see that. Uh, I've heard it's I'm, very good. I didn't see it yet. I was skeptical, but the more I seen uh, comments about it, I, I definitely want to watch it. I've heard it's very good. Yes. But the the meme it was four pictures. Uh, and the, the 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 quote said, um, ranking the Predator movies, and it was like Predator One, Prey, which is the new one, Predator right. Three, and a picture of Ezra Miller. Of Ezra, yeah. No, <laughs> I, like, I mean, Jesus. listen, if you if you read some of the stuff that he's uh, allegedly accused of doing, yeah, uh, like like kidnapping people, breaking into houses, like punching people, like. Like, dude, what are you doing? Like, yeah, he can't be doing this. Like, he can't be doing. Like, uh, nah. Like, he, he definitely doesn't have a support system around him. But you know, since you brought the word allegedly, um, I, I we were gonna. Oh boy, we were oh, gonna boy. talk Here we about go. Let's Aaron Rodgers. But let's uh, let's go into let's, let's strap in. Let's, let's crack our in. knuckles and um, Deshaun Watson. So, oh boy, the latest I saw <laughs> was. Uh, earlier today, I believe it was, Roger Goodell came out and said that they feel they have plenty of evidence against Deshaun Watson and the suspension needs to be longer. Well, that's what, because that was uh, what the, uh, the quote came from the uh, owners' meeting yesterday where they approved uh, the Waltons there of of their ownership of the Broncos. Okay. So they're now, first of all, the the wealthiest owners in the NFL. I think they have something like $60 billion or something like that. So uh, good for them. Uh, but yeah, so he gave that quote and he said, like, with, with all the evidence that was presented uh, and that uh, Judge Sue Robinson saw and that everybody else saw, you know, we believe that the uh, suspension should be a year and that Deshaun is shown predatory behavior. Now, again, as I've heard other people say, that is the strongest language I've heard from Goodell on a subject in a long time. It may be ever. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he's come out and he's and he's tried to be uh, very forceful on this. Um, where do you stand on this whole situation? This whole Deshaun Watson. Uh, uh, masseuse so gone wild here, situation. Here's, here. Suspension wise, all right. Let me let, let me take a step back to this one this way. Um, here's my feeling, and it, it's probably the wrong way to think about this. But if there is 30 women that come out and say he did something inappropriate to us, you know, uh, let's go to civil court, this and that. What is and uh. The one guy from NFL um, Good Morning or whatever they call it uh, Brant or whatever his name is made a good point. What's the chances of 30 women coming together and say hey let's try to um, get money off of Deshaun Watson by saying he did this if it was one or two or maybe even five I'd say okay maybe these girls are trying to get money off of Deshaun I think something did happen I think he definitely broke the the policy and I think he deserves a year only because MLB I, I believe set the the suspension bar for situations like this with the Trevor Bauer suspension. I think he got what 
two years or a year suspension for his thing. And I, I think his thing was a lot worse because it was physicality, you know, beating him up, choking, all that stuff. Um, so I definitely think Deshaun deserves a, uh, one full season. With that being said, the, you know, you just brought up about Goodell saying uh, predatory, you know, very strong language. I think this judge that handed down the six-game suspension opened the door for Deshaun to either keep the six-game suspension or have it lowered by saying she believes the actions that Deshaun did weren't, um, how did she say it, non-violent. So if it was violent, that would be up there with the Trevor Bauer situation. By saying non-violent, she's saying something did happen, but wasn't that bad. So I think okay. that opens the door for, and they, and Deshaun's camp already came out and said, I think it was like last week he, they said it, um, they're going to use the Big Ben suspension as their defense, which, again, that's a good move to, to either keep the sixth game or have it lowered because... Big Ben was allegedly, if you ask all the Steeler fans, that something happened. Well, this is the, this is the thing, and uh, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. And listen, this might get a hot take, and this might get people upset or or mad or whatever. But you know, yeah, uh, eh, so be it. Um, when it comes to everything that happened, first of all, like Deshaun has from the start said you know not everything and also the, a lot of things i see people saying now about him like oh well guilty people don't settle in court if anybody remembers Deshaun did not want to settle he didn't want to settle and he didn't want any ndas he didn't want any uh, uh, uh non-disclosure agreements he didn't want any of that he wanted to fight every single case that was coming up to him in court and again i think it started off with with the what was it the one or two and then it jumped to four. Yeah. And then it, from it then snowballed. on, it, it, it snowballed out of there. So, again, out of out of the, what, 26 cases or whatever, um, one can reasonably assume, and this is just on the assumption, that not all of them were legitimate accusations. Yeah, but not 25 so, of them. So... And then here's the other thing too. With all the now, the evidence that was pre presented in his hearings with uh, Judge Sue Robinson, the NFL put forward four cases. The, these were considered the four strongest cases, the most believable cases, the cases that had the most evidence to support them, in which you know that that something uh, nefarious had happened. And in these cases. Judge Sue Robinson came out and said that while there was more than likely inappropriate behavior, there was nothing that crossed the line as far as violence or sexual assault. So you have that. Then okay. you also have the, the grand juries that looked at his cases in Texas and you had two grand juries come back without any indictments on them based on the evidence in the case. But who are the cases that are considered to be 
the strongest and best case. But here's the thing, though, and this is the other thing I don't understand, and maybe, again, it's, it's the wrong way to think about this, but if you truly feel, feel you're innocent, why why settle? Push it to, to because, the point. Because, here's the other thing, too, because there were 26 cases. Now, here's the other thing, too. Deshaun didn't want to settle. He did not. Remember that. You yeah. have to put that out there. He did not want to settle any of the cases. I believe that it was, his, again, his lawyer, and I'm going to imagine probably the Browns and the NFL, too, probably wanted him to settle simply because of the fact, too, just based on a litigious factor, like having all those cases trying to... He'd be in court for 30 years. Yeah, but I mean, it would those each one because each one of those cases would have to be heard. Yeah, so you'd be in court for literally ever. But so again, a lot of the times it just be, it becomes easier to just say screw it. Here's a million dollars or however much you gave him because we don't know. Yeah, it's all all classified. But at the end of the day, and again, that's again something he didn't want because he wants his side of the story out there. To me, somebody who's guilty doesn't say screw this. I'm not settling, and also, I don't want an NDA agreement. I want them to be able to say something because I want to be able to say something too. Yeah, like he has come out from the start in that way. So to me, there's a a, a lot of that. There, it's like like a guilty person doesn't do that. A guilty person would have been like, listen, let's, and he would have settled those all as soon as he could have, get them all out of the way. And do all that. Last year, he sat out in, uh, for the for the Texans for kind of the two reasons. One, he wanted to get traded from Houston, yeah, and they weren't going to trade him. And then there was this whole thing hanging over him that started in that offseason. Now, again, there were a lot of conspiracy theories at the time saying that, like, well, the Texans maybe started that or they were trying to get into it. I don't know how true that is. I doubt any of that's true either because I think the Texans even got kind of investigated for what their part might have been in it yeah um but at you know at at the end of at the end of the day when you look at what's been presented to us and what's been presented to the people who make these decisions the texas grand juries those prosecutors uh you know uh, those judges and judge sue robinson who was a neutral party in this case when you take everything like that every, all the people who have seen so much more than what we've seen or probably will ever see as far as the evidence and the stories and everything like that goes um i i i don't i don't know what is i don't know what constitutes the the suspend them for a year suspend them indefinitely kick them out of the league kind of mentality because he, i i, I I see it as, as like, listen, look at look at the look at the facts and the evidence of the case. Again, that we can't see, but that people who have to judge facts and evidence do see. Yeah, and it returned no indictments twice with two grand juries, and for Sue Robinson to say, yes, was there something inappropriate that happened? Absolutely, uh, but. Is there anything like that happened that was violent, egregious, that steps to the level of uh, something like a Ben Roethlisberger was accused of doing, or 
uh, like we saw Ray Rice do with his wife, you yeah. know, anything like that. Was there anything that stepped up to that level? And she said no. So, and plus there was the precedence already set by those cases. So I think long and short, at the end of the day, six games probably fits with what we know and then what's been said and what's been proven and what the evidence suggests. I mean, you know, and that the only thing more that people are looking for is because of the optics and because of what the accusations were. But the accusations haven't been backed up by the evidence that has been seen by both Judge Sue Robinson and by these Texas grand juries. Kind of to move on to like branch off of this topic here. Um, so let's just assume uh, Deshaun gets six games. How okay, does, we'll work on that assumption. Yeah. How does the NFL fix all these suspensions? Like, you know, Ray Rice gets six games for beating up his wife. Uh, assume Deshaun gets six games for this. Calvin Ridley gets a full season for betting on his team to win. Well, this is the thing. Um, or the Ray Rice one started, I think, what was it, two games or three games? And then when the video came out yeah, is when the NFL then like laid down the hammer. And I think that leads directly into the problem that's going on right now with the Deshaun case is that the NFL doesn't want that to happen again. They don't want to do, you know, a three-game suspension or a six-game suspension and then have there be some other allegation or some other evidence that comes out that's so bad, like the Ray Rice situation, and then it looks like, oh, well, they didn't do enough and they didn't say anything and blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Um, now, I think for that, the problem is, like Sue Robinson said, was like the precedent's already been set with, the, with some of the suspensions that the NFL's done with Big Ben, with Ray Rice, uh, and, and with some of the other suspensions that they've done for the personal conduct policy. Uh, they're trying to correct or, or trying to implement new guidelines without negotiating with the NFLPA or, or the Players Association on what those guidelines for suspensions would be. So I think when it comes to something like this for a personal conduct policy, like what's going on with Deshaun, like that's going to have to be negotiated in the CBA. You know, like, listen, this is what this will be for this, for this, like these are the new precedents that we're setting. Like you can't judge it, but you can't say, oh, well, now we think it should be this way, even though in the past it hasn't been without negotiating that. I think that's the point that Sue Robinson was making. Now with Calvin Ridley, that's not a personal conduct thing. That's that's straight up gambling. Now I don't know. I don't believe he gambled on the Falcons. I don't believe he gambled on his own team. Uh, but you gambled. Okay. At the, end of the, at the end of the day, that is one of the biggest sports tab in any league, no matter what it is. That is the biggest taboo, the biggest number one problem you cannot do. Yeah. Is gamble. All right. I mean, even if even if it's not your own team, if it's your sport, if it's anything like that, because again, you know different players, you know different things. It could lead to questions of impropriety, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's been forever. That has been in sports since the Black Sox scandal. But even like say like Josh Gordon for weed, you know, the, the first couple of years, I think towards the end there was PEDs. But even uh, PEDs. 
but even but here's the thing again those are things that are listed already in the cba they're negotiated and they're there that's not there with the personal conduct policy ones and i think that's that's the main difference and that's when people are saying oh my god how can you know look at what they did to the dolphins and look what they did to calvin ridley and meanwhile deshaun watson's gonna get off basically with a slap on the wrist it's because these things are listed written already known in the cba you gamble on the nfl you get caught gambling on the nfl this is the penalty you get you tamper with people in the nfl you try to do things like that these are the penalties that you're going to have to face these are the listed you know it's there black and white no mistake about it do you think do you think the nfl and maybe the players association too is going to learn from this and maybe the next cba make make the writing a little bit clearer well the players association dropped the ball on a lot of things you know, uh, uh, no, namely, again, with this whole situation, the whole reason that we had the Sue L. Robinson come in to do uh, the the independent judging of this was because that they wanted to take it. Because remember, it was Goodell made the decision, and then you could appeal the decision if you wanted to, but then it went to Goodell, and he was going to be like, "No, nah, it's fine." Like th- what happened with the Tom Brady situation? Yeah. So they were fighting and said, "Like, okay." We're not going to have that anymore. So what did they do? Okay, there was going to be an independent third party that will listen to our arguments and come to a uh, fair and impartial judgment. Okay, that's fine. Oh, the NFL didn't like that. Well, now the NFL gets to appeal it. Who do they get to appeal to? The NFL. Yeah. Now, again, they're saying that uh, uh, Goodell has put uh, a New Jer- former New Jersey Attorney General uh as the as the person who's going to hear oh, this so goodell's not going to listen to it supposedly but again who know, like what is goodell not listening to it or is goodell going to make sure this guy you know hey listen you know make sure that you Grease know when you do this a little appeal. bit right and then that's the problem is that once that appeals heard and whatever this guy makes his judgment or statement then that sticks no matter what you can't appeal it you can't do anything like that yeah and i think that's the problem i think if it goes to a year then we go to court. Now, did, didn't this happen with Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, kind of same yes. situation. Yes. And his went to court, and it got lowered, right? Uh, or did if he not I remember any? correctly, yes. Yeah. So I think, and that's what's going to happen. But again, here's the thing. Now, the six-game suspension has already been implemented. Like, that's there. Yeah. So if this does go to, let's say that, let, let's say for the sake of your argument, this is what's going to happen. This this New Jersey Attorney General, former New Jersey Attorney General, is going to come out and say, hey, we're upping it to a year. Okay. okay. Now, Deshaun and the NFLPA sues. And for whatever, whether the NFLPA sues or not, they might on his behalf. He might do it by himself, whatever the case is. Yeah. Fine. <clears throat> Judge puts in an injunction. Which is what they did for a lot of these other guys, for Ezekiel, for, uh, you know, while their appeals being heard in the yeah. court, they put an injunction, you can't suspend them. Well, with Deshaun, even if he gets the injunction, he still can't play until week seven because the six-game suspension isn't what's being appealed. It's the additional the, uh, games. Uh, uh, 11 games or whatever it's going to be for the whole season. So that's what's being appealed. So he's still, even with suing, even with bringing it to federal court, he still wouldn't be able to play for those first six games. Yeah. Now, here's another point to think of as well. 
if he does get suspended a full year, he might just sit the year because the contract that he has with the Cleveland Browns, that massive $230 million guaranteed, yeah. everything like that, his salary for this year is $1 million. Yeah, and then next year, next year it jumps up to 43. Next year, everything jumps up. Yeah. So if you're going to be suspended for a year, this is the year you want to be suspended. Yeah. So all of that put together, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if it gets, even if it gets bumped up to a year, I don't think he fights it and I don't think he sues. Simply because of that matter, of that it was basically built into the contract that like, listen, I'm going to lose this year. Yeah. Fine. And we'll move on. If it gets turned into indefinite, then that's where you're going to have it fought. Yeah. I think, I honestly think what's going to end up happening is you're going to get, it's going to be bumped up to 12 games. They're going to double it. If I had to put my, if I was a betting man, if I was Calvin Ridley, if I was a betting man, (laughs) I'd go ahead and I'd say they're probably going to double it. I said, they'll make it 12. He'll still play some point in this season. Uh, There'll be no, I mean, I don't know how it'll look like on, on the PR aspect, but it'll be better than six games in the public relations aspect of it. Is it something that he deserves based on evidence, not on accusation? I don't know. Again, none of us know because none of us have seen the evidence, but based on the people who've seen the evidence, there's not enough evidence to back up the idea that there should be an indefinite suspension. You know, that there's been no sexual assault. There's been no violence towards anybody. There's been no... <clears throat> pardon me. There's been nobody who's been forced to do anything or or kept against their will or anything like that you know yeah so there's no evidence of that the accusations are bad the evidence is creepy don't get me wrong it, it definitely it's, is you know <laughs> some of the stuff and that I, came out about about him i i think the the funniest part of all if there is a funny thing about this and I, there's again it's not a laughing matter there's <laughs> yeah. nothing really funny about this let's put that out there right now uh but if there is something you can take from this that is a bit on the lighter side is that in the end of August? <laughs> oh, in, no, you're, you're not in going Cleveland, there. Are you? In oh, Cleveland, yeah, you're going of there. all places, <laughs> there is the uh, professional uh, masseuse <laughs> convention that is happening in Cleveland at the end of August. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> That's. I think. I think. I. I. I'll, I will put this out there. I think a part of any punishment that Deshaun Watson faces would be him having to go to this convention, (laughs) go on the stage, and explain himself, explain what he was doing, why he was doing it, (laughs) and to offer up an apology, (laughs) and to move on from there. That should be just just because I want to see Deshaun in the middle of the masseuse convention. I'm sorry. I just think that would be. <laughs> I, I can see it now. Goodell or, or whoever the, the the attorney is comes up to Deshaun. Okay, Deshaun, here's your two options. Either we'll give you a two-year suspension, $10 million fine, or you have to do what King said you have to do. I'll take the two-year suspension, please. <laughs> I would say, listen, listen. It's either it's going to be a full year or we'll knock it down. We'll do 10 games. But you have to do this. It's going to be broadcast on the NFL Network. <laughs> where it's going to be all over our social media. And not only that, 
you have to take questions from the attendees of the masseuse convention. <laughs> For 30 minutes. Gonna line them up. <laughs> line them up. As long as they got questions to ask, you're standing. <laughs> That's what you're going to yeah, do. But then what do you think? Does he Does he say, ah, screw it. Give me the indefinite suspension. <laughs> he'll, he'll just do a, a, a Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Uh, oh, no, that, that would be null and void. Can't do that. That would immediately of, void whatever him. agreement they had. Yeah, no. Speaking <laughs> of him, you see about him. He, he got pulled over for DUI. That's Marshawn. Of the least surprising things in the world, but that's Marshawn. Like, did you see his mugshot? Dude, no, but oh, I can only my, imagine. It, it looked like he did a 24 shift like we we did. Oh, my hey, God. Listen. He was puffy-eyed and, and close-eyed. Oh, how he was this driving. This is the man who, in the last season the Raiders were in Oakland, went to the Coliseum and was just passing out tequila shots to people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the man is from Oakland. He's from that town. He's even said so himself. Like, he is he is from the streets. He is of the streets. That is just who he is. And none of, like, oh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, not Deshaun Watson. Sorry, I got Deshaun Watson on the brain here. Uh, Marshawn Lynch. Uh, he's a drunk driving. What a terrible example. Like, first of all, if you're looking at Deshaun, uh, again, with Deshaun, <laughs> Marshawn, it's Marshawn and you're Deshaun. I keep on getting screwed next, up. Next month, aren't you? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, uh, is like uh, you know, like, oh, first of all, if you have Lynch as your as your role model or somebody that you should be looking up oh, to. Oh, boy. I was going to say, that's probably a bad decision on your part <laughs> yeah. to begin with. Uh, but, you know, like again, I could be mad. Especially with a lot of the things that have happened to people who are connected to the Raiders organization and in Las Vegas uh, in the last year or so, uh, obviously with all the tragedies that have happened there. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, with the one drunk driving incident. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, yeah, and uh, the the death that that caused, and uh, the other the other uh, the, the guy who just decided to go on on uh, on uh, social media and was just. Telling people he's gonna shoot him and kill him and whatever yeah. he was doing. So the Raiders have not had a great uh, stretch there when yeah. it comes to that stuff. And so yes, this is a it's a bad look for anything that's connected to the Raiders organization. And Marshawn, even though he is retired and everything like that, still kind of has a connection to you know to the Raiders and even their time in Oakland and even in Vegas now, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but like, part of me takes pause in that because. It's Marshawn, and as as poor of a decision as it is, um, it kind of almost expected. I mean, I mean, that's honestly what happened with me when I saw that. It was like, you know, breaking news: Marshawn Lynch arrested for DUI, and I'm like, I kind of so? shrugged my shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> I did, um, and, and maybe that maybe shows more about me than anybody else. Yeah, that maybe I'm just a, a, a bad person. I get it, I understand it, and that's fine. Listen, I'm gonna have probably somebody yelling at me because I, I played devil's advocate for for Deshaun here. Yeah. Fine, that's all right. But uh, again, I. It, it, of everything else that's been happening, like maybe you know, Marshawn kind of had the best time to do this <laughs> because it's like, yeah, it's a blip. Oh, Marshawn Lynch gets caught drunk driving in Vegas. It's like, okay, but what about the Deshaun news? And so it's kind of moved on from there. So, yeah. The uh, only if, question I, considered. The only question I have is, what vehicle was he driving when he got pulled over? I hope it was the medical um, gurney that. He 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 uh, hijacked during college, and then he did it during the, the pros. Do you remember that one? You see the video? Oh yeah, you know the, I mean? the cart. Yeah, yeah we had he's the just cart. Yeah. swerving back and forth. <laughs> I don't. I doubt it was that. Jimbo. <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say, um, 
again, if I'm Calvin Ridley, if I'm a betting man, I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to take the under on that one. I'm going to say no. That's a negative. So uh, we got a few minutes left here. Uh, just want to do a quick little college football talk here. Um, you brought up to boy, my, not not much has been happening in college football this year, all. huh? No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're recording right now. I, I've had ESPN on uh, ESPN on this whole time, hoping for breaking news about Notre Dame. Um, so the the Big Ten or Big Twelve? How how, how do you say them? Because all, all I know of them is B one G. Yeah, well, that's it. Well, the, well, because I call it, it's it's the Big Ten, but it's it's written that way. Okay, because that's their logo now. Uh, is the is the is the big is the Big Ten with the one and the G near the I and the G look like the one and the zero or whatever. So that's how I call them. That's just the they're, they're the Big Ten, and okay. that's just how I write it. Um, but yes, apparently, yeah, they they again they haven't announced it yet, and I've done I've done some reading on this actually. So was, uh, was there pictures? There's pictures in it too, like a picture book. It was so entertaining. It's like Dr. Seuss, but with college football. Um, that was a knee slapper there, kids. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, so apparently the deal is that after 40 years with ESPN, Jesus. the Big Ten is leaving. Yeah, it was the longest continual run between any college conference. And a and a network uh, was the Big Ten and ESPN. You know, with football, basketball, everything. They used to do the Big Ten ACC Challenge and all that kind of stuff with basketball. And yeah, uh, so that ended. They pulled out. They, you know, ESPN was no longer considered for that. And what is reported to be the agreement is uh, Fox will retain. You know, be the main channel for the Big Ten. Okay, with. CBS and NBC uh, each getting games uh, for an estimated uh, $350 million from Jesus. each of those networks. So that's $700 million there. And I think they're getting $500 million from Fox. So it's a, uh, and it might be more than that. So don't quote me on that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's a significant, it's over a billion dollar deal uh, for the Big Ten from all three of these networks. Uh, now here's the thing. NBC is what they basically purchased is Big Ten prime time. Yeah. So they're going to air Big Ten games at like seven thirty. The seven thirty eight o'clock prime time games they're going to be on. So you're going to have NBC going up directly against the the ABC Saturday Night Football, which obviously more than likely now is going to be the SEC. Yeah. Since they just got that SEC just left CBS, now CBS is getting Big Ten games that they get to air along with Fox and NBC as well. What NBC also got was the rights to stream games on Peacock. Now okay. that's a big, big thing too, because that's going to be able to push their their streaming service, which they're trying to do. Yeah. So again, you're probably not going to have like. The highly marketable ones, like you're not getting Ohio State, Michigan on Peacock. That's yeah. not going to happen. But you're going to get the games of like you know, if you're an Iowa fan, and you know you have Iowa versus Minnesota or something, which will be a good game and it's an important game to you. And a lot of years, especially the last couple ones, that's been a battle for the Big Ten West. That's a game you want to see. Well, now you're going to have to get Peacock to see it. So that's going to drive subscribership up. Here's 
here's the thing. We've been beating around the bush here. Yeah. Here's the main thing. As we all know, NBC is the television partner for one University of Notre Dame. And the biggest question that we've had in this whole college football shakeup ever since USC and UCLA said they were moving to the Big Ten, yep. and probably even a little bit before that, was what's going to happen to Notre Dame? What we're probably looking at here now is a couple of things that could happen. And here's what I think might happen. This is gonna. I'm just going to kind of put stuff out there and see you know what you think what the people out there think what anybody might think about this okay option one because here's the other thing too the big 10 and the nbc and then nbc uh nbc are not having these conversations and doing all this stuff without also talking to notre dame yeah notre dame the big 10 and nbc have been a part of these conversations and, and negotiations so whenever this does get officially announced, there's a couple things that I think can happen. Number one, Notre Dame is out with NBC. They're trying to find rights from somebody else. Uh, they end up going on another network and stay independent. I think of all the options, that's probably the least. Yeah, I, I agree. I wouldn't think that's going to happen. <laughs> it could. Don't get me wrong. We've seen stranger things happen. I was going to say with how, how the past couple of years are. We're see again. We're going to see <laughs> USC and UCLA in the Big Ten. So again, stranger things have happened. Yeah. Um, but I I don't I I don't put that at very much of a high chance. Uh, option two. This is where Notre Dame negotiates a contract with NBC, gets their seventy five million dollars that they're looking for from NBC. Uh, and just basically has all their home games at 3.30 Eastern Time, 2.30 there in Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, but would have the afternoon games since the Big Ten has, you know, uh, th since they bought the right for the Big Ten to have the primetime game, they're not going to move anybody over. Notre Dame would keep their independence. They would get their money from NBC. NBC gets, not only do you get Notre Dame, but you get Notre Dame leading into uh big 10 primetime yeah like you you're gonna own saturday yeah like that's a great for nbc what you're looking at is a fantastic deal not only that nbc is gonna own weekend football primetime oh yeah they're, they they yeah. own they're gonna own saturday saturday evenings with the yeah. big 10 and they own sunday night with the nfl yeah so they are in the catbird seat and option option oh, three. Oh, yeah. Go, no, go right ahead. No, cause I was just gonna say I, I I forgot about Sunday Night Football, and I don't, I don't is Collinsworth still calling it? Because I, I think it'll be a yes, better. Yes, Collinsworth. It's gonna be Tariq and Collinsworth. Yeah, I was gonna. Because I, was gonna say, I, I Al Michaels moved to uh, Amazon. Yeah, I, I thought maybe the broadcast be a little bit better. Maybe maybe NBC could throw some money at Collinsworth and tell him just shut up the whole time. I can't stand him. Well, that's, <laughs> I'm excited for Amazon because that's what you're gonna have Michaels and Herb Street. Which I'm excited. Okay. I like Herb Street as a color guy. Yeah. So I think that's going to work out well. Now, here's option three for what could happen. And I actually think this one's got a pretty decent chance. 
Notre Dame. Now everybody always gives Notre Dame shit because <laughs> Notre Dame. Hmm, yeah. So you think you're elite? Oh, they no, such a pretentious school and pretentious fan base. And okay, you don't even play whatever. for a championship. Everybody wants for special. Sure. They think they're special. They think they're so special. Uh, <laughs> be, you know, Notre Dame is special. It is what it is. And that's the fact of the matter. Take everything out of it. Take out the fact that I am kind of a Notre Dame fan, that you're a Notre Dame fan, yeah. that we do all this kind of stuff. When you just look at the facts, money-wise, follow the money, follow the viewership, follow all of that, the merchandise, the view, you know, everything, everything put together. Notre Dame is a special brand. It's a big brand. Yeah. And so that's going to command different things. What I think is a possibility that could happen here is Notre Dame negotiates a special deal with NBC. They get their $75 million plus or minus. We'll see how the negotiations go, whatever that is. I'm probably already done at this point, but yeah. uh, to remain on NBC. But they also join the Big Ten. Now, this is what I mean by where this gets special. It's because not only would Notre Dame get their own special contract with NBC to still air their home games exclusively on NBC in their time slot that they're usually allotted there at 3.30 to have all that. They would then join the Big Ten, which means that they would then also be available for the cut of the money that the Big Ten schools get. Oh, okay. Which means that Notre Dame gets a bigger piece of the pie because they also have their own separate agreement with NBC. Yeah. And that also means that Notre Dame can play in a primetime game on NBC instead of being basically forced to have the all-afternoon games. And... Make no mistake about this. The Big Ten wants Notre Dame. Well, all the conferences they have said, want, want, they, want them. <clears throat> the Big Ten has said from the start. For once, they got UC and UCLA, and everybody started saying, "Oh, they're going to go after Oregon. They're going to get Washington. There's going to be Notre Dame and Stanford package." Gonna be, the Big Ten has said there is no more expansion unless it's Notre Dame. Yeah, no, Notre Dame is the be all end all. And not only that, but every other conference, every other college is waiting to see what the fuck Notre Dame's doing. <laughs> yeah. They, and again, this is going to piss people off. Uh, Notre Dame thinks they're special. They ain't do nothing. I get it. Fine. Uh, but they are special. That's, that's the key. And this is showing you why. And as much as we might have thought, oh, maybe time's running out. Maybe they do have to join a conference because... Uh, you know, everything else is turning. All the other teams are going and blah, 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 whatever. Uh, at the end of the day, Notre Dame controls everything right now. But is one of the biggest factors that now you have to consider here is that the Big Ten did business with NBC. NBC was, I think, the secret uh, linchpin of this that nobody really thought about until it finally started leaking out and coming down that, oh, NBC might be discussing with the Big Ten. And if they're discussing with the Big Ten, they're discussing with Notre Dame. And if they're discussing with Notre Dame, something's going to happen. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, you have NBC spending $350 million to get just a portion of the Big Ten. 
I'm I'm telling you, I I can see this being. I mean, the that, right situation because that's the other thing with Notre Dame too is Notre Dame's not going to lose their independence for nothing. Yeah, they and, want it to be the right situation for the right price and, and to go ahead and do so. I, I think the reason why that option there makes the most sense too, and this just might be, you know, obviously we don't know what goes on in Notre Dame's head, but I think they want to change the way they they like their their past. You know, the, the whole Chip Kelly thing, how that went down. You know, they got Marcus Freeman in there. They want a new look. In Brian Kelly. Or, or Brian Kelly. Chip Kelly, Brian Kelly, they're both more. You're, you're, you're letting that, that, that <laughs> Eagles time come in with you there a little bit. But um, but with a new head coach, with seeing how the players are, are fully behind Freeman, I think they want to make Notre Dame more respectable. You know, like you said, like some, a lot of people think we're special. And, but here's, but here, here's the thing. I, I think all of that is tertiary to even lower than that. I don't think that's going to be a big thing on on their radar. The biggest thing that they're going to look at is, uh, I, while Prestige, I think, actually might be on there uh, to, to that point, it's, uh, first of all, as it always is with everything, money. Yeah. And also the ability to be competitive. And that's, that's going to be the thing. thing. The ability to compete for the championship to be because here's the thing right now if you are not in the SEC or the Big Ten you are not fighting for the title it's yeah. just not going to happen yeah I'm sorry but this is where we're going we're going towards uh an AFC and NFC kind of situation here. yeah I could see that where you it's you're going to have the SEC you're going to have the Big Ten and you're going to have everybody else and they might just squeeze everybody else out too and they because again once Notre Dame makes a move, everything else is going to go. Yeah. Notre Dame is the, the linchpin here. Notre Dame is the big piece. So once that happens, we'll see. But I'm telling you, I, from what I can gather, from what I can see here, what Notre Dame wants more than anything is the fact to not be on the outside looking in. And the way the winds are blowing is... If you are not in the SEC or the Big Ten, you are not going to get in to the to the college football playoffs, even if they expand it. Yeah, like they might, they might let an ACC team in or a Big Twelve team, and that's a big might. Yeah, but it's probably not going to happen. And plus, that's the other thing too. Once Notre Dame makes a move, I think those other conferences are dead. I think Clemson. Florida State, Miami goes to the SEC. Yeah. I think the Big Twelve is going to get picked apart. We're probably going to have Iowa State move over there. Who knows what happens to half the Texas teams? The Pac-12 is already dead. What yeah. happens to Oregon and Washington? Because that's really all that's left there of anything that's a that's a brand. And that's the other thing. Oregon doesn't want to get left out, but I don't think they have a choice. Yeah. Like again, they. I think they want to be in the Big Ten to kind of keep the a, a West Coast thing going with the LA schools. But until Notre Dame makes a move, the Big Ten's not going to do anything. So yeah. they're kind of stuck in limbo. So you're looking, you know, I think that's what Notre Dame above all else wants. They want to, first of all, make as much money as they can. Uh, because that's the other thing, too. They want to have the amount of money to now compete with all the NIL deals. Yeah. Because now, hey, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? You can pay to have your students. You want, you need a football player? 
you can pay them <laughs> straight up like we've already seen it in miami now and stuff like that it's legal now yeah like it's so hilarious that the ncaa is trying to to, to come down on tennessee for the whole mcdonald's bags full of money yeah that they were trying to do where now you can have a press conference and talk about how much money you're going to pay your, yeah. your new recruit. <laughs> I was going to say, you can do it all, all, all in the, the open now. But that's what it is, and that's where we are now. So now these teams have to be able to put up that money to get these people to go there. Ohio State's doing it. Uh, all the big-name schools are doing it. Yeah. So you have to be able to do that. Uh, and Notre Dame realizes that. So they're going to need that money to stay competitive they're going to need to be in that sphere. now is there is there could could the big 10 and sec reach an agreement with the cfp to have notre dame be a special part of it kind of like how they the ncaa or or how they did it now with the college football playoffs and, and with the bcs before that like oh notre dame has a special exemption because they're notre dame and stuff like that they could but i honestly think those days are over yeah as far as that goes i think they're going to have these guys say listen we make money hand over fist. We have Alabama, we have Ohio State and Michigan and Georgia. And listen, we're probably going to have Clemson at some point too, and Miami and Florida State. And, uh, you know, we, we have these names, Nebraska, things like that. Like we have these names. You know, we don't need a Notre Dame to be a part of it or get, have a special exemption to be a part of it. Yeah. And I think Notre Dame might also see that as well. So what I can actually see happen is Notre Dame negotiates with NBC on a, on a separate deal to have all their games, home games and stuff like that broadcast on NBC and also join the Big Ten, get some of that Big Ten money, get, uh, which allows them to then be on the primetime game on NBC. And, I mean, again, they get to almost double dip and, again, be Notre Dame and get that special treatment. Yeah. Only a special <laughs> treatment for Notre Dame. Yeah, but, again, Notre Dame's not going to give up their independence for, I think, anything less than that kind of special treatment. And I think that's what we're looking at. So whenever this news gets officially announced yeah. by the Big Ten and by NBC and CBS... And Fox, whenever that deal is officially released, not just leaked, uh, I think that's when you might see something pop off here. And then it's scramble time. Yeah. ACC is going to be in trouble. Big 12 is going to be in trouble. The Pac-12 is already dead. Then you, it's it's going to be a mad scramble. The SEC is going to try to grab up everybody else. The Big 10 is going to try to grab some people, I think. They might grab Stanford and Oregon, maybe. Or Washington, Stanford, Oregon, and what they might grab a couple people. You're probably going to end up with the SEC and Big Ten both at like 20 teams. Yeah. By like 2024, 2025, somewhere around there, you're going to end up with both of them being at 20 teams. That puts you at basically like a 40 team league. Yep. Where you're going to have them fight for the playoffs. So they'll set up some kind of thing. You'll have a, a bracket in the Big Ten, a bracket in the SEC. Yeah. And whoever winners meet in the college football playoffs. You know, the top four teams will meet and do all that kind of stuff and blah, 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 whatever. Like the It'll be like the AFC and NFC. Yeah. And that's what you're going to be looking at here. And then everybody else is, hey, guys, thanks for t- participating. You can go <laughs> play in the bowls that nobody gives a shit about anymore. Yeah. The, just go there. Because the bowls are kind of dead anyway now anyway. Yeah, so, there's just so many bowls out there anymore. It's it's, it's, it's not only that, but it's just the point of a bowl doesn't, it doesn't compute with the current college 
football landscape. It doesn't. Yeah. College football has basically become the NFL minor league. And it's, listen, it's been that for a while, but I think the NCAA was dragging their feet so long on a lot of this stuff, on trying to advance, on trying to change things, not even talking the NIL stuff, but just trying to change the structure of it and how they did business, uh, that that was it. The conference just said, guess what? We don't need the NCAA anymore. We don't need you as a as a governing body. Yeah. Because you're not doing anything. And that's what it is. They've passed them by. And now you have the SEC and Big Ten are running are gonna run their own show. And and that's where we are. So, you know, some people lament it. Oh, it's not the college football I know. Well, you know what? Everything changes, man. Yeah, you got and, you gotta uh, evolve. And uh, to tell you the truth, I'm kind of excited to see what, what comes out of it. As am I. Um, but I think we kind of ran our, our time here. That's uh, yeah, good, yeah. But before we go, I, I kind of forgot to mention in the beginning of the show, um, a little bit of iRacing um, talk here. Oh, yeah. Shoot that out. Man. So Friday night is the Stay Tuned Sports podca- uh, podcast truck series. Uh, I believe we're at Atlanta this week. I actually had a, a good race this past Friday. I survived the whole whole thing. Uh, hey, there you go, buddy. I actually All right, got my first better. first top 10, too. I, I came in ninth place, so I was happy about no that. No kidding. Yeah. There you go, man. I'm so, proud of you. I'm, I'm excited. I'm like, I'm like Rudy. I'm slowly getting better. Might not ever Jimbo. win a chance. <laughs> exactly. Jimbo. I, I think Jimbo. I heard that. I think Jimbo. I heard that in the stands. Jimbo. Jimbo. <laughs> but uh, um, with this uh, race coming up Friday, just like past couple races that I was involved with, we're going to do another giveaway. Um, this race is 130 laps. So on the 100th lap, whatever place I'm in, make sure you go over to our Podbean uh, link and underneath this episode in the comments section, put what place I'm in. Um, I'll get in touch with you guys through the Podbean, the messages and stuff like that. And the winner will get a $25 Amazon gift card. So make sure you guys tune in over on YouTube, 3Y TV for the Stay Tuned Sports Podcast Truck Series. That's a mouthful. <laughs> that's, that's that's a lot. That's a lot to get out there. But you did a good job. I like yeah. it. Good read. See, good thank job. you. Thank you. But yeah, so like I said, I think this is going to be it for this week. I, I want to thank King for coming back on. Hopefully, Absolute pleasure to be here, man, as always. Hopefully we can have you on again. Maybe if you need a week or two off, maybe. Hey. Know, Listen, uh, I got nothing else going on. Well, I was going to say, if you want to go investigate who uh, Zach Wilson's, uh, which which Oh, listen, I've been, trying to, I've been trying to find out who that milk is. Trust me. I've been looking. We've got, we've got, we've got our best investigative teams trying to find this out. Um, so, yeah. So, and if, just a quick shout out for King here. If you guys need any graphic logos or anything like that, hit him up over on Twitter, uh, Facebook anything like that so um like i said buddy nice to have you back on the show till next be here man till next week this is your good friend jimbo signing out